Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The Jets' feel-good spring comes crashing to a halt with the start of OTAs. Now, I'm just kidding, of course, but we have learned over the last couple of weeks that not all of the Jets are super happy right now. We're going to get into that. Aaron Rodgers also got hurt on Tuesday, um, only with the Jets here. I'm Tim McMaster alone, Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Welcome into the Can't Wait podcast. A lot to get to that really just, we were like, well, the, you know, Aaron's going to practice, like we should do a pod the day after, and then <laughs> kind of all this other stuff has come up in in the meantime. So we're going to get to to Aaron Rodgers. Um minor injury that doesn't seem like a big deal at all. We're going to talk about Makai Becton. We're also going to talk about Quinn and Williams, his contract situation, and the news today that the Jets are hosting Matt Ariza, um, the punter formerly drafted by the Bills. We'll get into that as well. Um, Zach, Marissa, how are you guys doing? Good. I just want to wish you guys a happy bladed National Ice Coffee Day. I believe that was yesterday. Um, <laughs> oh, was it? Oh. Very important. I very important holiday in my life out. that I national just holiday for Zach. Yeah, that I just discovered existed. Yesterday. How did you celebrate? <laughs> By drinking iced coffee <laughs> all day, one extra. Oh yeah, yeah. Extra. I was just drinking it the entire day. Um, but yeah, how you how you guys doing? It's uh, it's beautiful outside, and we're inside doing a podcast. Yeah, it is. Nice. <laughs> uh, Marissa, how are you? I've been good. Um, right. Baby countdown. I can't wait to have a nice mm. coffee. I have not had have, any. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I've not had any coffee. Um, should so we far. do like, which, should we have listeners predict the, the date? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's getting close. My right? date I mean, is July They've been pretty 2nd. good with the over-unders on our times. We got right, right so, on the over today. Except so. I'm hoping it's not an over. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want an over. Yeah, we want we want you right on time. Yeah. Yes, right. right on time or like a little before. After 37 <laughs> weeks or 38 weeks. Yeah, my, my, my sister-in-law. My, not to get too sidetracked here, but this is the tradition of can't wait. Um, my my sister in law, when they were having their second baby, I I was like staying at their house to watch my my nephew. Like I was just w- staying with them until it was going to happen. It was during the right. pandemic, so I didn't have to like drive up to Giants practice as much. She kept going later and later. It was like a week, week and a half later, and then she finally, of course, has the baby. Like the day I'm like up covering a Giants game, so they have a friend Naturally. come watch my nephew. Like, but yeah, without she was like miserable. It was like <laughs> a week and a half, two weeks after her due date or something. Yeah, so I mean, doing well. Um, just getting, trying to get as prepared as possible. I know any parents listening to this podcast will know there's <laughs> really like only so much you can really prepare for. So, but yeah, very excited. So we're excited for you. Yeah, thanks. And and we're excited for Tim's haircut. I've seen some people complimenting. I think it deserves <laughs> yes. already. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. You know, people that are longtime viewers and listeners of the Can't Wait podcast remember this haircut <laughs> because uh, before the pandemic, this was actually uh, how it was if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, but then when you get into a pandemic and you don't go outside much, and you're like, <laughs> What's the point? I don't want to get my haircut. And you have a baby. You guys should have seen my beard. You guys should have seen my beard during the pandemic. It was gnarly. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys would be shocked yeah. at how long it was. Yeah. So... So basically, I made the decision last week. You know what? It's time. It's time. It's been three years. It's time to return <laughs> to uh, to normalcy. So there you go. So here we go. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of normalcy, thought Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of normalcy, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing normal about the Jets. <laughs> so get Every your uh, do, get your predictions into the chat on on Marissa. Uh, <laughs> yes. July second, the due date. Let us know when you think uh, that's gonna. That's be the right. over I guess. Yeah. 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 And with that. <laughs> Let's move on to these New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers said uh, yesterday, because he did speak uh, to the media, 
um, after I guess he got a little bit of a, a workout in before the, <laughs> the slight uh, calf injury, but nobody got to see that part of it. But he said it's been a dream month so far. Zach, has it been a dream month for you? <laughs> I mean, a dream month in the sense that I've been able to relax a little bit. Like that for me, that's a dream. Um, there, are, after the chaos of this off season or lack of chaos where we were stressing about stuff happening, like it's been nice to relax a little bit. Um, of course, then, you know, Quinn and stuff and Makai stuff happens. But I, I would I want to say I, I think the first Aaron Rodgers practice with the media present could not have gone any differently. It was the most perfect Jets debut for him. There's so much probably the most media that maybe ever has shown up to Florham Park for a practice or a, this time of the year, at least like there were, it was like insane. There was no space anywhere. Uh, the parking was nuts. I was so going to say, cameras. did you have to like park in like an auxiliary lot or anything? Or is there <laughs> not just like Rosenblatt really far back? Spot. So the, so the, okay. the Jets media parking, which is very compelling content for these people. It's like a long very road. Far, right? and people you, enjoy you, this stuff. You, usually yeah. usually we're able to park like up front. But this time there was like both sides are both completely occupied. So you had to go all the way down and U-turn and, and park. Anyway, you know, it's a small media room where we do our press conferences. So when when Salah did hit it was his it was packed when cj uzama came after practice for his he like looked at the crowd and was like god damn even rogers <laughs> even rogers of all people was like like the camera there was a lot of cameras in there and they were very loud and there's a lot not of cameras in green in bay anymore yeah. yeah at one point he looked up and he like got distracted by like how many people were in there so it was like yeah it was i i told people and they were surprised by this uh but i said it was like this most days on the eagles beat because it like maybe not like to that degree but like pretty close like there would be most days where there'd be that many cameras and reporters and you know well, you were covering well, the I Carson do, Wentz yeah and I was covering right? the Carson Wentz era yeah yeah and like I right covered the, the Super Mc, Bowl. I mean not to date myself but I covered the McNabb era and <laughs> and nice. um that but the auditorium in Philly like it's a it's a legit auditorium yeah, where yeah that, exactly which is helpful it's big but uh it's but yeah, also anyway, dark so, and easy to fall asleep in but yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so all that as the context, and then we get to practice, and we don't see him throw a single ball. <laughs> like it was, it was like quintessential Jets. Like I, I think there's no need to overreact. Like it wound up being minor. I, I wasn't really worried about it being significant, even in the moment, because you saw him. So he did like the warm ups in the beginning, and then he went into the building briefly, came back out without his helmet, uh, was kind of talking to the strength coach for a while. And then it was clear he wasn't practicing anymore, but he still walked onto the practice field. He was observing the quarterbacks during position drills. He was observing the team during team drills. He was talking to some guys like if it was significant or serious, I don't think he would have been out there. So and he's right. and he said he wasn't worried. It was a strained calf, I believe, is what he said. Um, you know, he, I mean, he's 39 years old. Uh, you know, I, I'm guessing those things happen sometimes. I, I guess that's getting the out of bed sometimes. Yeah, getting out of bed. <laughs> you know, and he's not in like it's not like game shape time of the year necessarily. So. And he said he took a vet day just out of precaution. So nothing to worry about. But, you know, I, I even saw the New York Post like back page, uh, like headline, like over dramatize it. Not shockingly, but it was it was kind of like a same old Jets thing. There was like a photo of Jets fans with bags on their head and stuff. Like It was <laughs> like way over the top. But it, it's like May, it's May 24th and we're already we're already doing that, which is just like a great preview for Rogers with the Jets and, and for all of us to, you know, this is how it. Some things are never going to change. It's going to be weird at all times here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. So one of the things that um, I think it was Uzama that talked about it was that even though he wasn't in that second part of practice, that Rogers in general has been talking a lot and motivating a lot. And I think he said at one point the message from him was basically like, 
get your shit together, right? So yeah. that, I mean, he's, he's, it's cool that, because we had talked long ago and we've talked about a lot, would he skip this stuff, right? And just show up yeah, in, yeah. in training camp. And he's not skipping this stuff, although now he has an excuse to miss a little bit, I guess. Um, and he's clearly very engaged. Yeah, you know, I, I think he hadn't been to OTAs to this degree since 2019, um, which is a pretty long time. But yeah, you know, the CJ Uzama thing, like, and there's so there's multiple things. CJ talked about it a bit. Rogers talked about it a bit. One thing is that Rogers has been very active in meetings. Like he like kind of takes control of a lot of the offensive meetings where if something's happening, he like stops it to like say something or have a conversation with these guys because he wants everybody like to get things in there. Like he he talks like a coach in a lot of ways. Um, and he's basically a co-offensive coordinator, honestly, I would say, with with Hackett. I think they have that kind of rapport where they're kind of working together to build this thing. Um, but, yeah, so he's pretty active in the meetings with, like, stopping things, conversation. You know, if if, if Hackett says something, Rodgers feels comfortable enough to, like, say, hey, you know, let's talk about that for a second kind of thing, which, you know, he, he even said he's like, I didn't, I, don't, I didn't get the vibe that that's kind of how it's been here is, is what he said in his press conference. Um, and then with the calling them out thing – he said, and Uzama said that the offense like wasn't having a great practice. And Rogers said the thing was attention to detail and ball security. He didn't think that both of those were things that they were doing very well. So he pulled everybody aside. He's like, "We we can't do this shit." Um, and he told a story about Ryan Grant, who's a former Packers running back, who he said, you know, at the end of every run uh, in practice, he would run to the end zone no matter what. And then Jordy Nelson, when he was a rookie, saw or something like Jordy Nelson saw him doing that. So Jordy Nelson started doing the whole the same thing. And Rogers' message to all the guys was. You know, if you want to stand out, especially for guys fighting for a roster spot, you, you should finish every play because then a coach is going to call you out in a positive way in the film room. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going to start doing that. And and so he, he just made a really good point about like the details matter. And I think the details is, you know, if you look at last season in particular, there's a lot of like small things that would happen in those losses, especially early in the season. As the season got later and they started getting lot, losing by a little bit more, maybe not as much, but um, like the details were definitely an issue last year. Uh, especially on offense. So, I, you know, it's a good message, especially this time of the year, and you hope it gets through to them. And it's been interesting. You know, I think we're in the honeymoon phase. I think we all have to remind ourselves that I think, you know, every, every story is going to be a positive one right now. There's not going to be anything bad coming out of camp. Everybody's loving Rodgers. Like DJ Reed was as smiley as I've seen him, and he's already a happy guy. And, he, you know, I, I the first question I asked DJ Reed at his press conference was like, like, what's the vibe been around the building, both getting Rodgers and, like, everything you guys have done this offseason? And he's like, it's lit. Uh, you know, everybody came to, comes to work happy. And somebody followed up because I kind of, like, left it open to not only being about Rodgers. And somebody's like, can, can like, one person really have that big of an impact? He's like, yeah, no, Aaron Rodgers has that. Like, they're, they're being pretty open about, you know, everybody's starstruck, it seems like, which I'm sure will wear off at some point. Like I said, honeymoon phase. Every, the Jets fans should enjoy this right now because you're going to be mad at some point when the season starts. So be happy that everybody's happy right now. <laughs> well, not everybody's happy, which we're going to get into. But At some point, you don't want your teammates to be starstruck. Um, you want them to just be like, okay, this is our quarterback, right? Not this is, uh, this is the future Hall of Yeah, exactly. Aaron Rodgers. So hopefully over the next few weeks, they get to that point. Um, everybody praising Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, somewhere in that locker room, Zach Wilson is hanging out. And and going about his business. And he's a guy who thinks that about Aaron Rodgers. Um, right. He said it for a long time, how much he loves Aaron Rodgers when the Jets practiced in Green Bay last summer. That was a big deal. Um, so Wilson became QB one yesterday for practice. Um, 
12 of 14, I guess, made some nice throws. This has never been the issue with Zach, like these yeah. types of practices. But um, he's getting reps, I guess, right now, thanks to Roger's little tweak. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like live tweeting this stuff just because, you know, fans aren't getting at it. Like some, there are some reporters who get all, you know, hoity-toity about like tweeting stuff that's happening in an OTA practice. I say, who cares? Like fans aren't there and I'm trying to provide them with like what I'm seeing. And so, you know, Zach Wilson had a good day. It was seven on seven, you know, half the defense wasn't starting defense wasn't there and there was no contact and, you know, no pads and all that stuff. So take it with a grain of salt, but you know, he looked good. He, you know, he, he had a bad throw to Garrett Wilson that like hit off Garrett Wilson's helmet and was nearly picked off. And I think that was one of only two incompletions he had that I saw all day. He had a really good throw to, Garrett Wilson later uh, where it was tight coverage. DJ Reed was on Garrett Wilson. DJ Reed even talked after practice about like how impressive of a play it was from Zach. He like improvised like the re- Garrett kind of changed his route on the fly to, cause he saw an opening and, and Zach saw that and, and hit Garrett Wilson and uh, who dove and caught it. It was, it was pretty impressive. And then he had another great throw in the middle of the field to Irv Charles and uh, someone else. I think Andy Vasquez from NJ.com pointed out there was a, there was a play where he went through his progressions, which you know, it was something that was an issue in games last year. And, and he like landed on like his last target on one of the plays in the red zone, I believe. These are all positive things. And, you know, I don't think you should take anything away from it necessarily. But at the very least, it's, you know, he didn't have a bad day, which is positive. And I think, um, you know, if, if Zach Wilson can keep doing this throughout the summer, build some confidence going to training camp, he's going to get a lot of reps in the preseason, I think, uh, which is going to be really where we can judge where Zach is. And how much being around Rodgers and all the criticism he's gotten and everybody moving on from him has motivated him. I don't think there's anything to necessarily take away from Wilson playing well other than that he played well. And, you know, you you take what you can get this time of the year. These are only tidbits that we're able to provide people. So I I was impressed. Uh, Doesn't mean anything, but I was. The, you know, listening to you talk about Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback room and kind of helping to to build the offense um, the way he is and taking command of that room. I feel like all that stuff, too, can't hurt like Zach Wilson being in there, hearing this stuff, yeah. hearing it from the quarterback and not just the coaching staff. Because let's be honest, the one of the things there where this team failed, Zach Wilson, was having that leadership beyond just the offensive coordinator. They tried to do it. Obviously we've talked about it, Yeah, you know, tragically did not work out, but like it's still a fact that that happened. And, uh, and maybe this helps him in that sense too. Yeah. You know, he's going to be on an interesting career trajectory where he's getting the time learning from a veteran that he should have to start his career. Honestly, like, yep. I, you know, I think a lot of people talk about how these quarterbacks are rushed in now more than ever. And Aaron Rodgers is maybe the best example of all time of a guy who waited um, and learned a lot. Like if you ask him, he, he has a lot of stories about um, what he learned sitting behind Brett Favre for three years uh, and, and the things he studied. And, you know, he's a different mind than most people, but you know, Patrick Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith, a lot of it's about the situation you go into Packers and chiefs are both situations that were good teams. The jets weren't a good team when Zach Wilson arrived, which is another reason why maybe he shouldn't have played. Um, yeah. I think the jets have acknowledged, and I think they know that they really, you know, they really messed it up with him when he came into the league. That roster was not good around him that first year. It was a pretty brutal roster. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, even after their joint practice, Zach Wilson's rookie year, I think he even like was quoted at some point saying like, Zach's going to have some trouble behind that offensive line. Like, um, <laughs> and Rod Rogers and has talked, I think publicly about how quarterbacks should wait. And, and so like, like I was saying, so Zach Wilson is having like this, like a, weird 
timeline thing where he started right away, which he shouldn't have had the NFL experience, which didn't go well, but he had the experience. And now he's going to take a step back, learn from a great quarterback. And then you hope that helps him. But, you know, the timeline is going to be weird for the Jets because by the time Wilson might be ready to play, they're going to have to make a decision on his fifth year option. Like it's uh, maybe he should have been sitting this whole time. And then this was the year that he would have started playing or something like right. that. Um, but here we are. And, you know, maybe this year will be good for him if Rodgers if he doesn't have to get thrown into the fire with Rodgers like getting hurt or whatever um this could be a very valuable lesson for Wilson whether it's when he's with the Jets a year from now or with if he's with another team but yeah yeah I'm very curious to see how Zach handles it I by all accounts it's been positive so far we haven't talked to him yet I can't imagine we will for a little while but yeah this is I mean this is make or break for his career so I think he has to really like take what he can from from being behind him before we get to the off the field stuff, this this came in the chat from Brendan. Maybe way too early for this, Zach. But has anybody else kind of stood out uh, on the field through these light practices? Well, no, just because. I mean, I I would say Jeremy Rucker was getting a lot of targets yesterday, so that's I guess that's something new. Um, I would say, and this is gonna get a you know bump against what we're gonna talk about at some point. I, I mean, Makai Becton's had one of the best off seasons in terms of well let's transition there yeah. that's because that's where we're going next so well yeah we can go there next let's yeah, just we shift can, we the rundown can, a little yeah bit. we go can there. yeah we can shift it um like i think makai's had a great off season because you know he's done a good job of publicizing it which helps obviously but um you know he's in great shape like he looks like the photos are legit like he looks like he's in great great shape there was a story in newsday which we're going to get into um but i think he's something down to something like 340 345 when he when he weighed himself at the beginning of the year, I think he was like 370. And I think when he was injured either last year or the year before, he was up to 400. Like this is a guy that has obviously struggled with his weight. Um, and, you know, a year ago he wasn't practicing with the Jets and it was like a big issue. And the Jets, you know, I, I think they were pretty unhappy with him last year. And like you remember that he went to that press conference with a shirt about being a bust. And um, and then he wound up getting hurt again. Uh, I mean, we're going to get into some of why he thinks he got hurt again, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's had a really good off season in terms of getting in shape. And like we've talked, I've said this on here over and over again. I, I view him as like an X factor because he has the most talent of any other offensive lineman. And if he's healthy and, you know, stays healthy and stays in shape, like he could really change the ceiling of that offensive line because then you have AV two who when healthy is a pro bowl caliber guy. Uh, Dwayne Brown still a solid player when he's healthy. Lake and Thompson should be better. Uh, in his second year here. And I think Joe Tipman will be an upgrade over McGovern in the, at center if he wins that job. Uh, so I, I think it could be a very good offensive line if Mekhi Becton is firing on all cylinders. All right, so as far as the Newsday story, Becton <laughs> came out and basically blamed the Jets for the injury, saying the reason he got hurt was because he was moved over to the right side. And it was against his will, so to him, that he wanted to be playing on the left side. Um I don't think it's a it's not a great look, Zach. I mean, look at Elijah Vera Tucker, who was moved all over the line, yeah. right? And granted, I mean, he got hurt too. But <laughs> that was just that but, was his arm though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um it's the NFL, man. Like you're it may be decided that you're not gonna play left tackle. Like you, you know, you got to deal with it. You can't blame the team because they tried to move you to a position where you would be in that situation, a bigger help to the team and then yeah. complain that that's why you got hurt. Yeah. It's uh, 
you know, on one hand, I get he's highly motivated to prove that he's a left tackle. Like that's that was where this all started. Was he had a tweet yeah. where he said, "I am a left tackle," and Robert Salas responded to it. And then the story came out in Newsday, which was a really good story about Bob Glaber. Um, where it, it, I think the purpose of the story was to get into like his transformation and how he got to this point and stuff. Right, but obviously the headline <laughs> the, always the headline, becomes like the um, throwaway line. Right? Yeah, so you know. I don't know if there's merit to what he said, but no matter what, if your goal is, you know, this is a guy who just had his option declined. He's not locked into a starting job. Left tackle, you know, I think Dwayne Brown is penciled in as their left tackle. I would be surprised if they did not play Dwayne Brown a left tackle. You don't bring him back unless you plan on playing him. So, you know, I, it was just an interesting choice by him to criticize the coaching staff as he's in a prove-it year fighting for a job. I, I don't think that will affect their, you know, if he's the best option at right tackle when training camp starts, which – you know, they're not going to hesitate to put him at right tackle, even if he doesn't like it. If he's the best option, they'll still put him there, even if, you know, he's not happy. I, I do think, you know, maybe some of it was he didn't have a great relationship with the previous offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, but also Robert Sala was, is like the CEO of the coaching right. staff. Like he knew he was involved with the decision-making of putting him at right tackle. Like, um, you know, I think one of the quotes was like, he, he told them he didn't want to play right tackle or it was a bad idea. And they, said stop complaining or like I forget what the exact quote was from him but you know ultimately if he's highly motivated that's a good thing and I never fault guys for speaking their truth because that's all we want from these guys you know what we always get mad when these players like tell obvious lies or they talk around things like I, I do appreciate him like speaking from his heart and I hope he keeps yeah. doing that I like for his own sake I, I just don't know if it's a great idea to talk about your coaching staff like that when you're still on the team like Maybe you should have maybe you should have waited until he left the Jets to say that, but he clearly wanted to get something off his chest, and he did. Uh, and now he has to he has to back it up. Like if if we get to training camp and he's not the best option, he's not going to start, and then that story is going to be lingering in people's minds. If he goes on the field and he plays well, then nobody's even going to think about that stuff. So ultimately, if he's playing in week one, then they're in good shape. Sala took the high road uh, for the most part talking about it when asked about it, basically just praising Becton for all the work he's put in and then said, quote, he's in the best shape of his life. Um, and But then also added that Becton's desire to play left tackle will not impact where the yeah. team decides to play him, which is exactly what you just said, um, which is ha how it has to be. I mean, that's yeah. just facts. Um all right, I think that's good on Becton. So the news this morning we should yep. get to for the Jets is that they're hosting Matt Ariza for a workout. Um, that name's probably familiar to people, He to big NFL fans. Uh, drafted by the Bills, sixth rounder a year ago, 2022, uh, was slotted to be their starting punter. Uh, he was released in August, two days after a lawsuit was filed accusing him and two of his former teammates at San Diego State of rape of a 17 year old girl. Um, that has now no, char no uh, charges were ever brought. Uh, the district attorney in San Diego decided late last year not to press criminal charges. So uh, Arise has been cleared basically at this point. Um, still, there's a feel good spring for the Jets. Um, you have Aaron Rodgers here. You signed a punter. It just seems like a weird move for the Jets to, to bring in a guy that's going to bring that baggage with him even to our meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to throw in any hot takes about a punter. I, this is obviously one of the more controversial ones you could possibly bring into the building, whatever you think about his situation. I, I, uh, 
you know, they have Thomas Morstead, who they gave a fully guaranteed deal. It's a, it's a small deal. It's like a minimum, but it's fully guaranteed, which, you know, you don't want to just throw a million dollars away, especially since they don't have a lot of cap space. So I maybe it's just sometimes teams bring in guys for workouts so they can, you know, if they if they need somebody later in the year of with an injury or on the practice squad, maybe maybe they're interested in bringing him in to compete with Morstead. But I, I don't I don't know. I don't, it, the Jets were not the team I expected to be the first workout for him. Um, maybe they just wanted to see if he's still, you know, I know he came with, I believe he was drafted by the Bills, wasn't he? Yes, it's a sixth yeah. round. Yeah, like he obviously came yeah, with, with pretty, a huge reputation. Yeah, came with a huge reputation, yeah. big foot. But I don't know if punter is the spot you want to be bringing in a controversial guy. Like, what I, I'm not offering an opinion about the the guy or anything that happened with that case or anything like that. But I, I just Thomas Moore said it was a solid veteran punter. He's still good. I just say just roll with that. Yeah, and Ariza has. Um, you know, throughout the whole thing, he has said he was innocent of it. And like I yeah. said, no charges were brought. So um, so we'll see how that plays out with that position. You know, if he's just in for a day and then maybe he's a guy they call on later in the season. Certainly interesting um, to see how that goes. But it, it definitely got some headlines this morning yeah. um, that it was the Jets. All right. The other major thing I wanted to talk about is Quinn and Williams. You wrote a story a week ago now, Zach. On Yeah, I think it was a week ago. Yeah, on Q and the contract situation, um, he's not at practice. Obviously, like he wasn't gonna. Yeah, you know the chance of him being at these OTAs, even when we were talking about this when the season ended, were pretty slim. Um, but it sounds now. Now, last Monday, he changes his Twitter bio to defensive tackle four dot 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 dot, which clearly is he's sending a message that I'm not happy with where things are going. We didn't expect the deal to be done at this point, I don't think, Zach, but I don't think we expected there to be some negativity like this either. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting situation. You know, I on one hand you understand his frustration, you know, you're seeing all the defensive linemen get deals and he's still, you know, not getting what he wants necessarily from the Jets, him and his uh and his representation he's wrapped by uh, Nicole Lynn, who's one of the bigger bigger agents in the NFL these days. Um you know he's he wants to be paid what he believes he deserves i i just from talking to people i i get the sense that it's like they're not close to an agreement i think maybe they're close in terms of like money and you know i think the money isn't the issue i would say i but there's something that they're the quinn and williams side is not getting that the jets aren't offering and the jets don't feel rush in a rush to do it so i i i, I wouldn't be surprised if this dragged out closer to training camp um, I don't know if he would plan to, to hold out. I'd be surprised if he held out of training camp, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know that for sure. There's mandatory minicamp on the schedule. I'm not 100% sure if they'll like do a full thing or not just because they have an earlier training camp this year because the Hall of Fame game. I don't know what the Browns are doing if they're canceling, if they have one. Um, they're, they finished, I think, June 8th. Yeah, they fin- um, and so if the Jets didn't do mandatory minicamp, they'd finish June 9th, I think. So Yeah. Um, which is so, like a week earlier than most teams. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I know that the Jets aren't worried about getting a deal done. I think it's just a matter of when the, the Jets are fully comfortable waiting it out is my impression. Uh, whether that makes Quinnen unhappy, I don't know. Like I know Jets fans are antsy because of the history of the Jets not re-signing their, uh, their draft picks. Like they have a pretty bad history of it. And, and he, he was teammates with Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams, and they were both traded before getting to the second contract. And, you know, it's a interesting thing because – most teams don't give a guy a second contract because they're not good. The Jets have had a lot of those, but they've also like not kept the good ones around. And Jamal, I know I'm not. That's not 
like a criticism of Joe Douglas, like you had to do the Jamal Adams trade. That was a ridiculous trade. And, you know, Leonard Williams, they felt like they had Quinn in and they got pretty good value on Leonard and he wound up getting a lot of money from the Giants. So, um, but it's just like on paper, they haven't historically resigned him. So I get why fans are antsy. Um, I think the Quinn and Williams side knows that history, which is, you know, maybe why they're annoyed that they're being treated that way or whatever. But I, the Jets also have Quinn and Williams' rights this year. He's under contract, and then they could franchise tag him next year if they wanted to, and they could franchise tag him the year after that. So the Jets, in theory, have the leverage. Uh, I do think it's important to not make your star player unhappy, especially because he's, you know, he's been such a soldier for this team and um, became a star. He wasn't, he didn't have the star level performance before this last year that he did this last year. So it's not like, like he probably still has to prove that he can still play at that level in this year. I think that's definitely a thing, but um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting situation. I, I don't think anybody should be concerned yet. I think it's, it's May 24th. I think it's too early to be worried about what this means for training camp and the season and stuff like that. I think Quinn Williams is going to be a jet this year. And for a long time, they just are not in the, at the same place in terms of what both sides want right now. Now, you mentioned all the other tackles, you know, Deron Payne, um, Jeffrey Simmons. Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence, the four-year $90 million. Uh, There's a four-year $94 million. For, They're all in the same range. It it seems to me, and obviously it's a lot more complicated than, than I'm stating this, but like it seems to me the market has sort of been set. Um. Yeah. You know, you'd have to decide if he gets a little more than those guys or right in that range. But like, I mean, it it having all those deals done to me should make this easier. But but there's egos at stake and the team trying to yeah. save and all that. And, and you know, the, the Jets might have their own wants in terms of what they want out of this contract. Like, you know, maybe Quinnen wants the same deal as the other guys. And maybe the Jets wanted to structure it a little differently. Like there, there's. A lot of factors that go into negotiation. Sometimes it gets hostile. I in my store I use the the Debo Samuel thing as an example. Quinn Williams has not requested a trade. I don't think he will. But Debo Samuel requested a trade, and then they signed a contract not long after he requested a trade. Like these things, and everything's fine now. It's amazing. Yeah, once that's what I'm you saying. Once you get paper. the money, every, everything <laughs> is fine. And it, that's why yeah. I think Robert Sala has been emphatic that he is not worried at all. Um, he called him cue ball yesterday, which I've never heard him call him before. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I w- it's not something to fret about yet. If we get to the beginning of training camp and he, and he doesn't report, like then you have an issue, but I'm not concerned personally. All right. Do you want to take some questions from the chat? Yeah, sure. Right. Um, uh, no, I, I, I oh. actually have a question for Zach. Yeah. Um, we didn't touch on it when we talked about Aaron Rodgers, but, uh, can you do your best Jersey Shore move? Because that was pretty, uh, pretty great quote yesterday that uh, Aaron Rodgers was a big uh, Jersey Shore fan. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so it's it's funny. I could relate to what he was saying about how his only impression of Jersey was the Jersey Shore. Because when I went to school at University of Arizona, that was when it was like in its initial prime, like the initial run. And I was out West, so nobody was from New Jersey. And so anytime I would tell people I was from New Jersey, they would say like, oh, like from the Jersey Shore, like, yeah. out, and I would, it would make me very mad. Um, but that was like years ago. Yeah, yeah. So like to still have ago. that, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it came back, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I did. I did look this morning that um, Mike, the situation had it posted on his story. The clip oh, did of he really? Paulie D had the clip on. Oh, that's funny. Yes. I was curious oh. if they would. Okay. That's well, because yes, he, he made sure several clips. Well, because Rogers made sure to mention that he went to one of uh, Pauly D's uh, parties in Vegas or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just yes. Rogers is good. Like you can ask him 
questions a bit like that and he gives a good answer like so, so to his credit he's great at the podium so he's gonna be great for the media like that was that was just a, started from a question about him how he's enjoying the state of new jersey and living here and stuff and he said all he knew was teterboro airport and jersey shore before he got here so yeah yeah all Taylor, right. well yeah we can get to like a real question um <laughs> that was a real question we got boy green in the chat is Corey davis not being at otas yesterday surprising anything to read into that no, I don't think it was surprising. I think there was a bunch of guys that weren't there. Um, I think he's been in, at the offseason workouts throughout the offseason. So I, it seems like he's going to be on the team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to work out a like a pay cut like they did with Carl Lawson. I, I don't, I'm not reporting that or anything, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if that he was the next in line to get a pay cut. Carl, we, we actually didn't mention that. Carl Lawson took a pretty decent pay cut slash yeah. restructure to give the Jets – like $12 million more in cap space. Um, I, I get it. Like, it, you know, it, it was a very, like, for the team move. Like, more than most restructures, the restructure is just the guy's actually just getting his money now instead of later, and it's, like, overhyped as helping the team. But this was an actual pay cut. And I think Carl Lawson is going to have a really good year, personally. I think um, this sidetracked off a of Corey Davis question. But um, mm -hmm. I think Carl Lawson, you know, he was coming off his Achilles last year, and he wasn't healthy. He still had seven sacks and like 20 QB hits. He's going to be completely healthy going into this year. A uh, pretty good supporting cast around him. Like, I think he's going to have a big year and then he can get a bigger payday next year, whether it's with the Jets or somewhere else. But yeah, Corey Davis, I personally don't really know what his role is going to be. And he's making a lot of money to be the fourth receiver right now, which he might be, uh, or third. I, McCole Hardman's also recovering from his injury he still had from last year. So maybe that's why they're keeping Corey around. But I, I get the impression they're going to keep him, but you know, things can change too. Like if, if, you know, if they wanted to make another move or something like that, which I don't know. If That's my next question. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of comments in the chat about a wide receiver. Yeah, like I I would be surprised, but not like shocked because the Jets are all in on trying to surround Aaron Rodgers with the supporting cast. They they really thought they were going to get Odell Beckham, and they didn't, and they haven't really gotten anybody since then. So, um, you know, it wouldn't shock me, but yeah, it would surprise me if they went and made a major trade for a receiver at this point. Um. This is a fun one. Does Rogers feel, um, how does Rogers feel being in the presence of the legend, Chris Trevler? That's a great question. Um, I, I, <laughs> great he did, question. he did. And is Rogers a team hot coffee or iced coffee guy? I don't know that. Those I'll are both from Dan, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Dan, I'll have to ask uh, Rogers in the locker room when we get locker room down the line, if he's more of a hot or an iced coffee guy. Okay. It's gotta uh, be. So a, I, I mean, see... honestly, he lived in green Bay for true. It's gotta be a hot, very true. Guy, or um, if he is an iced coffee guy, like he's hardcore. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing like sipping a nice coffee at the Jersey Shore. Maybe it will change his mind. Yeah, he's around here now. Yeah, it's a great yeah. point. Um, with the Chris Traveler, he did mention when he was talking about the QB room, he did mention him by first name. So, you know, him. I, we, we do it. We got to get Strav on this podcast at some point. I think I'm going to try and make it happen this summer. Let's do it. Yeah, but while he's definitely still on the team would be. You mean forever? Wait, did so I say that? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because, oh, you know, I have a little bias towards Tim Boyle. I'm not going right. to lie. Right, good point. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like, you know. I think Boyle will be around either way, even if he's on the practice squad. I, practice I guess, squad. I, I feel well, like we should actually talk about that because um, we talked about this a little bit on Football GM, which is going to air tomorrow. Hmm. Um, the new rules that came All out right. uh, this good point. week. And three QBs, um, yeah. the three QBs, it almost, it's almost like a no brainer for teams to carry three QBs on the roster. Right. That's how I'm looking at it because it's, they're not going to count because one on game count. day. Well, I don't, right? I'm, well, they, I guess they could still technically do practice squad. Cause then you could just, use right. But you can't, yeah. you, well, you could call them up. Yeah. That's but true. Then you're the third quarterback yeah. cannot be, you can't 
they have to be on your active roster oh, is for that, that the rule? rule for that rule to oh, apply. Okay, so then everybody's gonna have three quarterbacks then I would think. Yes. Yeah. So for yes. that rule that the league meetings just came up with, um, that you can have a third quarterback dress and only be ready. Um, I don't know the specific wording, but basically play if the first two quarterbacks go down, kind of like what yeah, happened yeah, in the 49ers yeah. game. That only applies if that third quarterback is on the active roster, not on the practice squad. So it almost feels inevitable that teams are going to. Yeah. So basically it stems from Purdy, right? Had to come back into the game injured because the backup went on concussion protocols. And that's not something the NFL wants to see is injured quarterbacks coming back into games. Right. Yeah. I think that bodes well for Tim Boyle's chance of making the roster then. Um, You know, if Streveler has a great camp, maybe you can push him. But Boyle has the Rodgers connection. He knows the offense. He knows Hackett. Like, team is pretty locked in that he'd probably be the QB three and then Straveler can be on the practice squad still. So, um, yeah, I, that rule I think was probably got universal support and it's kind of ridiculous that it wasn't a thing already. And you yeah, saw exactly. the NFL shot themselves in the foot with that because of the 49ers playoff game against the Eagles it was right. pretty embarrassing, honestly, for the league that that, that even happened. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that was a no brainer. I know a lot of people are mad about the a flexing. Fair, well, the flexing and, oh, the, fair and catch, the fair catch yes. one, but yeah, the flexing one is more of a fan thing. The fair yes. catching, like coaches in the league are pretty pissed about, it, especially special teams. Yeah. Coaches. So what what is that new rule specifically? You can say? you can fair catch it from anywhere, and it goes to the twenty five, I believe. Yes. So right, right. Like they, so if you get a good, like teams would strategize where they would place a kick, so you can't kneel it, and it, so it'd be like you know, da- right. down in the ten yard line or within that, and and so it's forcing them to to try and make a play, and now they can just fair catch it if they're in in the corner, and so it removes a lot of the special teams coordinator's ability to strategize, which right, you know. I'm not as fired up about that rule as as maybe some people in the league are, but yeah, I mean it's a pretty big change. Yeah. Really, the league doesn't want kickoffs, right? It feels like yeah. there's just too much yeah violence on a kickoff. I think they've slowly over time changed the rule after rule after rule to to kind of dumb it down, I guess. Um, yeah. We haven't talked about Quan Alexander, mm. and there is a question in the chat about that. So what what's the update? He's uh, he saw the Steelers last week, right? Yeah, he visited with the Steelers. As Boy Green pointed out, he uh, he had like some he had like a rap video that came out where he mentioned something <laughs> with the Jets in it. So um, I I haven't gotten the vibe that there's anything brewing there. I think the Jets are taking their time and maybe they're trying to see what they have in this rookie they drafted, Zayir Barnes, and if Jamie and Sherwood can take the next step. I still think they need to bring in a veteran like a Quan or somebody else, but I, I don't know. I, it seems weird to me that they wouldn't have signed him already. Cause I, unless he's asking for more than people realize, like I don't see why they wouldn't have signed him already. Um, the fact that he's visiting with another team means that the jets haven't guaranteed him anything. He wouldn't have met with the Steelers. If the jets had said, Hey, we're going to bring you back. We're just going to like wait a little bit. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they're waiting until post June one. And when some stuff happens, like, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he still is on this team in week one. Like we get to August and he still hasn't signed with anybody. And they're like, hey, Quan, you want to come in for the minimum? And he's like, mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, there's, I haven't heard anything changing anytime soon. So based on fan interest, we'll probably do an emergency podcast. Seriously. Yeah, else, fans, else fans love them some Quan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Emma, we miss anything? I think we covered it all. I believe yeah. we, I mean, we hit all the points. Okay. Yes. I mean, who who knows? It's the Jets in five minutes. We could have missed something pretty big, but let's hope not. <laughs> we uh, when are we gonna do ba- do another one of these? Couple weeks, unless there's breaking news. I think. Yeah, 
When's your next? I love uh, the oh. scheduling the next podcast at the end of the podcast. Sorry, yes. sorry I just got distracted because I, I I have this Twitter account on alert that tweets out when uh, Taylor Swift tickets become available on resale, mm. and there's one at MetLife that just came available. And my, girl, and my all right, so we better end yeah. this podcast. <laughs> and I want to get it. All right, <laughs> all the Swifties out there. Yeah. By the way, and she's originally from uh, you know Reading, PA, or Wyoming, right. Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, home of the Reading Phillies. She, the show in Philly was three and a half hours. Yeah, it's so I mean, insane. you're paying a lot of money, but it's worth it. Well, that, yeah. the min- well the minimum right Unless now on really StubHub, like the minimum right now on StubHub is like two k. So wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. So. Well, if you <laughs> go, Zach, yeah. you need a one of those cool outfits. Oh yeah, because, oh yeah. I'm gonna you know. got to get like sparkly, you know, get yes. like heart sunglasses, all the good a stuff. A sparkly yeah. hat, maybe <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Off season, Zach. I'm glad you support sweat. me, Marissa. Thank you. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining another episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. Uh, we will be back with you eventually, probably in two weeks, I would imagine, um, as we'll see how the uh, the offseason rolls along. Um, if you want to join The Athletic, you can do it right now. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. You can join for $1.99 a month. Uh, and then there's another deal, $19.99 for a year for Mother's Day, Father's Day, and graduation. It's theathletic.com slash gift sale. Um, to get that deal. Um, either way, we love it if you use Can't Wait because it makes us look good. But, uh, but either way, <laughs> we want you to save money as well. We'll talk to everybody. Again soon. Bye.